It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What did the 2023 NFL Draft tell us about the direction of the franchises in the NFL? We're examining the AFC classes through that lens today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day and a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on today to get started. Happy fifth-year option deadline day to you here on this Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023, Joe. Yes, happy, happy that day to you as well, which will be a big conversation for us tomorrow, tomorrow. on the podcast. Yeah. Tomorrow's content is fifth-year option related. But today's is kind of an intersection of what we just got done with and where we're going as a podcast, which is really cool. So we're looking at the draft classes of all 32 teams today and Thursday, AFC today, Thursday is NFC, and examining how their dra- what their draft class tells us, in addition to what we already know, about where these teams are at from a team-building perspective right now. And the uh, objective is to set the table and kind of put these teams in buckets. And then as we go through deep dives of all of your teams in the summer and we're assessing the rosters and we're evaluating the players and we're measuring position groups against each other and and we'll get the schedule in about two weeks. So kind of do our playoffpredictors.com thing probably, Joe. Just going to throw it out there for us to do something with it. Maybe not three weeks worth of content, but at the very (laughs) least, At the very least, we'll do some schedule prediction stuff. Um, It's all going to weave together. But our narratives and discussion around your team are going to be defined by what bucket we think your team falls in and how their actions are corresponding with their attitude and where they're at from a team-building perspective. Now, we're going to let your team declare to us what they think that they are, and then we will just acknowledge that and say, okay, if this is what you think you are, then this is how you need to act, and this is what you need to do, and and this is how you need to go about building your team. And not all of those teams are on the same wavelength, and that's what I think makes the NFL really fun, Joe. So uh, this is kind of a foundational bit of content for us for the months ahead. Yeah, I'm very excited to do it, and we haven't 
pre-done any of it. So we've come in with our own thoughts. And so we're going to work together on labeling your team in terms of where they're at in their life cycle as an operation. So I went I have, super Southern there for cycle. <laughs> I have the tier maker prepped. I just flashed it on the screen. For those of you who are on the YouTube channel and want to follow along, we will have a visual component for you to kind of see how the teams are laying out. We'll keep it for the NFC side of things too. So, Joe, are, are you ready? We have out by alphabetical order, so there's we're playing no favorites here. Baltimore Ravens are up first as the alphabetical first team in the AFC mm-hmm. to bucket this franchise. All right, so the Baltimore Ravens, I think that they're – this is one of the hard ones to start with, to be honest with you. They're definitely a winning operation. There's some a team that you look at that's been – a playoff contender every single year, but also there's some transitional things happening here with what they did last year defensively with a big scheme shift. And then Todd Monken coming over and taking over this offense. And it feels like that's going to have a different look and feel they're trying to win, but I might stop short of calling them a long-term contender. They just paid their quarterback which usually is the indicator of a long-term contender, right? Yes. You have a high-caliber quarterback on a long-term deal. That's usually indicator of, okay, there's a longevity here. So I, I think that that's probably a definition that we need to decide is, is the transitional component going to outweigh the foundational piece that they now have in commitment. Because if Lamar wasn't under the contract extension, I think it's a team in transition, no brainer. Yeah, Yeah, I think looking at two things here, paying Lamar what they paid him, even paying Rolkron Smith what they paid him, but also you you did the thing where you gave Odell Beckham Jr. $15 million for this coming season. I don't want to say win now because that takes away from the long-term piece of it because, you know, they do have a lot of young talent here. This is a team that is like, you can make sense for three different buckets. So where do we want to put them for now? And then maybe as we define some of the other teams, we'll get a little bit more clarity. It's it's worth mentioning that, you know, they endured the injuries in 2021, but four of their last five seasons are 10, 14, 15, and 10 wins. Let's put them in long-term contender. I don't want to be disrespectful to their operation. Yeah, I think it's the right place to start. Yeah. And then as we kind of get some of these other ambiguous gray area teams, like I know New England's one that that we've already kind of acknowledged privately in the pre-show is going to be kind of weird to bucket. Like we get a couple of those teams in here, maybe it changes what our definition is for Baltimore. Yeah. All right, I think the rest of the conversation should be a lot easier. That was a tough one to start with. Well, the Bills is pretty straightforward. Long-term contender. With a little just, bit of wind now sprinkled in, right? Yeah, I guess I guess you could probably say that. I mean, there's urgency for sure, right? Coming up short seemingly like four years in a row, but also winning playoff games each of the last three seasons. Uh, there's some transitional components to what they're doing. I, I think with bringing in Kincaid and Osiris Torrance as new ways that you're going to play offense and, and defensively it's going to look different too without Tremaine Edmonds and Sean McDermott taking over as a defensive play caller. So there's transitional elements, but I still think this is a team that doesn't have a window expiring anytime in the near future. Okay, so so here's probably where 
I don't know if you and I had this discussion, but team in transition, long-term contenders are naturally going to have transitional elements, right? Right. Team in transition is more between your hierarchy, your critical personnel groups, your coaching staff, like in your coach itself feels like Mm -hmm. teams in transition where you're undergoing significant scheme changes or significant personnel changes or a significant decision-making process alterations without tearing things back down. So I think to be a long-term contender to some degree, transitional components and elements have to exist Mm -hmm. in order for you to do that. So I'm good with both of these teams right now being long-term contenders. Keep the ball rolling. Cincinnati Bengals, long-term contender. Right, and they also have the luxury of another year, presumably. And even if they give Joe Burrow the cap extension or the, the contract extension, his his cap this year will be quite friendly for that team. The first two years, when you finish the last two years of your rookie deal, even after you get the contract extension, that's usually like eight nine million dollars, and then like seventeen million dollars. So Cincinnati, the next two years is kind of behind the the ball with Lamar and and Josh Allen from a quarterback contract perspective. So the Bengals will have that luxury to work with for yeah. this year as well. Case in point, Josh Allen's six-year contract extension starts this year. Year right. one is this, right. is this year. So Bur- when Burrow it. signs yeah. that deal, remember, he's got another 24 months before he takes his first snap on that. Yep, exactly. Well, how about, how about the draft class that itself with Cincinnati, too? The fact that they are drafting ahead of needs mm-hmm. tells you they have a long-term view. 100%. 100 Now they Obviously, their premium draft picks were spent to have Sean Watson as their quarterback, who's obviously locked up on a very large contract. Um, the problem is with... with with Cleveland is we haven't seen we haven't seen the winning piece of this right. yet. What do you think, man? Is this a young contender? Is this win now? Well, I don't I don't think they are necessarily a young contender because they like they're all how about their offensive line? Betonio, Wyatt Teller, Conklin. I think when you give up that level of compensation, it almost puts you into a win-now pressure situation because this is not just the roster, it's the hierarchy of the team. And if you're Kevin Stefanski and you don't win this year, you're probably in trouble. Yeah, you you have to show it. You have to show that the direction is the right one. So we're putting them in win now? Uh, Yeah, I think so, because Stefanski came in there and won 11 games, and they've regressed in the win column in two consecutive seasons. And I understand you traded for Deshaun Watson, understanding what the ramifications of that were going to be for your winning competitive window in 2022. But you you can't finish with a losing record for three consecutive seasons if you're Kevin Stefanski after trading three ones for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, this last year was a gr- last year was the grace year. Now you got to do it, or else you're gonna re- you're gonna reset in some areas. 
Right. And um, then you'll, you'll, you'll go from here to train team and transition real quick. Because you'll have pillars in place, but you're going to be transitioning some major components of your your organization. Yeah, I agree. Well, Kyle, the uh, the playoffs have been really fun. I know you're enjoying the NHL playoffs, but the NBA playoffs have been fun too. Unless you're a Boston fan, then maybe not. But look, make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to place all your bets on the playoff action than America's number one sports book, which is FanDuel. Like we mentioned, MLB playoffs, excuse me, NBA, NHL playoffs, MLB seasons in full swing. Got some futures that you can look at for football. So, so much that you can get in on when it comes to the action. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You think you're slick, huh? I saw what you did there. What'd I do? Major League Baseball's in full swing. Oh, man, that was pretty good, and I'd even, I didn't even mean to do it. No, you did it. You subconsciously I, did it on purpose. Maybe so. Maybe so. I'll give my credit, myself credit for doing <laughs> something creative and, and just enjoy this moment. All right, so we have four teams down. Ravens, Bills, Bengals considered long-term contenders. The Browns in a win-now window because of the last two seasons of regression from a a win-column perspective for head coach Kevin Stefanski. Our next team is the Denver Broncos. This is an interesting one because they just acquired Russell Wilson. They They did the Deshaun Watson trade for a QB thing, and it didn't work well. And they brought in Sean Payton. So I think this is a perfect embodiment of where we could find Cleveland a year from now is, I think, what the Broncos are now. Yeah, think about the draft capital that's invested in Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. That's a lot, man. It's a lot. So the Broncos class was Mims, Sanders, Riley Moss, J.L. Skinner, Alex Forsyth. Does that, beyond the draft capital wrapped up into... A, a brand new head coach and a quarterback, a veteran quarterback. Does that give you any nudge for whether this is a win now team or a team in transition? I kind of feel like they're in team in transition because it is the first year of Sean Payton. And I think there's a lot of, there's going to be some turnover here, I think, with how this looks moving forward. And I'm yeah, not sure he has everything that he wants in place to like go do it right now. I'm not expecting. Con- are you expect the Broncos to be a playoff team this year? I'd no, be very surprised. No, I don't. But the context clues is the fact that this wide receiver room is what it is, and your first pick was on a wide receiver. Yeah. It's like, well, I didn't pick that guy, and this guy I want to run my offense. I'm going to need a guy with this skill set. Team in transition feels like the right bucket in my mind. Both sides of the ball, too, really. Right. Houston Texans. 
I'm excited for Houston that we don't have to immediately say directionless franchise because the last two years, that was where they were put. And I feel like we have a coach. We have some foundational pieces. I don't expect them to win a ton of games, but I think they can go from directionless to rebuilding. I think the commitment that they made to D'Amico Ryans, the commitment that they made to a young quarterback, the investments that they made in the offensive line, all adds together for me that this you have definitively started your rebuilding process. I would agree yeah. with you. I think the Texans are a rebuilding franchise at this point. They are no longer just dust in the wind. I think the challenge for Houston is going to be <clears throat> balancing out all these young players with like some level of meaningful veterans to go with them. And I think you feel good about that on the O-line. Like that's definitely a spot where they have veterans and they got a couple of veterans on the defensive line, but by and large, it's a very, very young roster and not a lot of time on task together. So I still think we're like early in this rebuild, obviously, but how this all evolves from here is now, is now the task because I think you have enough pillars in place to feel like you have a direction. I agree. The heck are we doing with the Colts, Joe? <laughs> right. Um, well, it's, I mean, it's year one of Shane Steichen. They drafted Anthony Richardson, who's like definitely a long-term play at the position, right? You're not, I don't think you're drafting Anthony Richardson because you, you said, you know what? Day one starter. You have Gardner Minshew in, in, in the fray. I wouldn't be surprised if he does start Joe. Really? Anthony Richardson. Week yeah. One? Do you want to do the Trey Lance thing for Gardner Minshew? The guy has 396 passing attempts. He right. started 13 games. So you're you're gonna need to you're gonna need to get him some reps. I think it's one of those situations where Gardner Minshew starts like a handful of games and then we get there because we okay. always get there okay. with rookie quarterbacks, right? Right. So I guess the 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 holdup here, as far as definitively putting this in a bucket, is the fact that the general manager is the same. Mm-hmm. And Chris Ballard, you made a coaching change. So you have new quarterback, but a significant quarterback investment under the same decision maker, which probably leans me to a team in transition with a new coach. Yeah, I think that's where they have to be. Because a lot of the pillars of identity are, are with the roster they picked a coach in mind with the nucleus that they had built with the current decision maker. Right. And they're still evolved. I think there's some evolution there, but they're certainly not a full rebuild. They're not directionless. They're not a young contender. I think they're transitioning. This, this Colts class feels like it could be from a volume perspective, the equivalent of like that, Seahawks class from last year could be yeah I really like a lot of the pieces in Brents and Downs and Richardson and Atabare and Darius Rush in the fifth round was a big long corner like I mean they, they got I think really good value for all their picks down the board through the fifth round yeah good volume of them too yeah so and they have some play, they have pieces too it's not like I mean there's some star power here Quentin Nelson and 
Shaq Leonard, or is that his name anymore? Is it Shaq Leonard? Yes. Yes, now it's Shaq Leonard. I can't believe that came out too natural for me. I didn't have to think about it, so right. maybe I'm just he, there so now. You froze, and you're like, oh, that rolled right <laughs> off the tongue. That definitely was wrong, right? <laughs> DeForest Buckner, Ryan Kelly. Like, there's there, John Taylor. Pittman's a nice young player, so. I think it's just going to take right a little spot. time with the inexperience of quarterback and a new coach. Right. So team in transition it is. Yes. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Another team that picked 20 million players over the weekend. Picked 20 million players, won a bunch of games late last year, got to the postseason. They won a playoff game, right? I dreaming that happened? That's true. They came back from like 28 points down against the Chargers. Oh, yeah, Chargers. The Chargers chargered. That's right. Um, Don't do that. Don't do it to them like that. I mean, fans are listening to this show. Okay. Uh, young contender, I would say they're a young contender. What they proved last year means a lot to me. Young quarterback in the mix, a, a coach in Doug Peterson that can win. A lot of talent on the roster. They've, they've, you know, think about the free agent dollars they spent last year. You know, they didn't really have as much spending power this year, but a huge draft class. I think that they're they're knocking on the door. So I call them a young contender. Right, and it's paired with the success that they had last year, right? Because yes. you can kind of see across the what we've done eight teams now. The flow of the eight teams to this point, you have the three teams at the top are all definitive uh, franchise quarterbacks who have won consistency over the last few years. Then you have the Browns who have talent, have what is perceived to be a franchise quarterback based on the contract and the investment and and what the previous on-field track record would indicate, but there's pressure to win. Jacksonville still has pressure to win, but they kind of had their breakthrough last year. Right. And the other three teams haven't had the breakthrough lately. Now, if they didn't if they didn't get to the postseason last year, right, if they just won, lost one more game down the stretch and didn't get there, the conversation might be different, but they did, and they won a playoff game. Right. So because they won a playoff game and they made the postseason and got hot, I think they would – if they didn't do that, they would probably – what, you'd still give them credit for being a rebuilding franchise, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you'd like the direction. Correct. You'd be optimistic about them making the jump from rebuilding to young contender, but they they did it last year. So maybe the Chiefs. Is this the easiest one we have? Yeah, but you, it, I, mean, I mean, they've they've earned it, right? Long term contender. They got they got that dude at quarterback. Right. They're able to just fit in whatever, whatever, right? Fit in whatever. They, they you already can apply did the, the defense receivers. Doesn't they already matter. did the transitional elements of long-term contending. They they did that last year right. and won the right. Super Bowl. So right. sweet. They I, they give them their own tier, right? Right. I'm just buttering them up because if you don't give them their due justice, man, the Chiefs Kingdom will come after you, brother. Yeah, we don't want we don't want the smoke from Chiefs. Right. Game. Can't put them in the same bucket with the Bengals and Bills and Ravens. I mean, right. come we, on now. They're we don't want the Kelsey Kings. coming on the podcast and no. spiking the Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, we'd hate. We'd hate, well. I mean, if you want to do that, Travis, come on down, brother. We, we'll, we'd love to have you. But yeah, the Raiders. The Raiders. What are we doing with this one? This is uh, year two of Josh McDaniels. Yeah, and Dave Ziegler, new quarterback. Man, you wish they had a little bit more on this roster. They don't have a lot. They don't, and they're in a tough division. Hold on. 
I'm floating around producing this thing for a second. I'm pulling something up. Kyle's pulling something up. So we're, we're talking Raiders. Tyree Wilson, Michael Mayer, Byron Young, Trey Tucker, their top 100 picks, Shakorian Bennett at 104. <laughs> Did you find what you're looking for? Dude, this defense is in trouble. Trouble. The back seven, Spillane, Diablo, Shelley, Epps, Morig, David Long, Nate Hobbs, who's a good player. Darian Butler, Luke Masterson, Amari Bernie. Safeties are Roderick Teamer, Jaquan Johnson, Christopher Smith, Isaiah Polamalu. This defense in this division is in trouble. Right. And offensively, I mean, Darren Waller's not there anymore. They have Michael Mayer. We'll see what happens with Hunter Renfro if he sticks around. Josh Jacobs, obviously, on the contract, uh, the the franchise deal. O-line, they've done nothing to help their offensive line. And you you have a fragile quarterback now behind it. Jimmy's struggled with injuries pretty consistently as a starting quarterback. This is I mean, a rebuilding this is a rebuilding roster. Well yeah, and that's that's part of the roll of the dice you make when you say Patriot Way. So are we gonna classify them as a rebuilding roster? Because the only way that they know how to build a, a team is to foundationally do it a singular way that nobody else across the league does it. Yeah. I can't call them a team in transition. They clearly have a direction. Right. I think it's rebuilding. The Raiders are rebuilding. Okay. What are, what are your thoughts on a rebuilding franchise using the franchise tag on a running back? I think just Josh, Josh Jacobs has just proved to be so valuable to them last year. I don't disagree. It's just from a team-building perspective. And Jacobs is a good player, and like it's hard to justify getting rid of Jacobs or, or not – I don't know. Like it's it's just if you're gonna put the Raiders in a rebuilding bucket and they use the franchise tag on a running back, it's a, it's a kind of a limbo, weird space to be. I think they wanted some stability with their offense. The new quarterback coming in. I mean, I know he's played with McDaniel's, but new pieces around him. We'll see. Okay. okay. Chargers. Young contender, right? I mean. Got to the postseason last year. They got an exciting young quarterback. Uh, I'm going to push back a little bit. I'm going to be honest. You don't think they're a young contender? Some of the critical components of this team, the pass rush with Mack, the wide receivers with Keenan Allen, those aren't young players. Yeah, but there's they just drafted Quentin Johnston. They just drafted Tuli Tui Pelotu. I mean, is Khalil, Khalil Mack still a good player? Rushers, I mean, guys can rush into their late 30s. They also have, a, from a cap perspective, I don't know that he's going to be there long, much longer. Maybe not, but I don't, I don't right. know if that moves me off of it. So they made a offensive coordinator switch, but Brandon Staley's in year three. Three? Mm-hmm. They improve from year one to year two. They obviously have a young core. Oh, okay. I think there's enough elements here I can I can get on board with you. That's fair. 
they're just a team that I think has some major identity pieces that they, you certainly hope the draft picks that they made are going to pay dividends and, and allow them to transition so that they can have those transitional elements while sustaining their winning. Well, they haven't even done serious winning yet, right? I mean, they just got to the playoffs last year. Which felt like the breakthrough because of the way that, that that it fell apart at the end of Staley's first year. Correct. Should have been a playoff team two years in a row, but... Right. Shot themselves in the foot. I know everyone's anxious for us to talk about the Miami Dolphins. Well, just come back after a quick break and you'll hear us talk about it. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I didn't even, I didn't even take uh, take the browser tier maker off the screen here. We just left it up. Talk about Good. the Dolphins here. Good. Uh, probably a young contender. Um. Yeah, I think there's that's some, probably there's some win now elements here, right? There's win now. That was where I was going to say, like, where, where do we? How do we thread the needle between win now and young contender with Miami? Because how big is this window? Is it too like with this nucleus? They can evolve. They can add different pieces, but they've really kind of went in on getting a bunch of players for like a a couple year run here. Yeah, I think they're they're over the, the the pieces they're hoping are over the top pieces are well, I mean Ty, Tyree Kill's presumably going to play out the contract, so that's 4 years. And then he may change his mind and keep playing, but let's just say it's a 4-year four 4-year four spurt here, right? You brought in Jalen Ramsey, gave him a 3-year extension. I think Xavier Howard's probably facing his last year in Miami. You drafted Cam Smith with your top pick to kind of have some level of pipeline there. Christian Wilkins, Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, Javon Holland, Jalen Waddell, presuming Tua Tungvaloa stays healthy. I think their nucleus, they will have a transition in the nucleus of the players. But I think when they had the surplus of the draft selections from 2020 and 2021, and not all of them hit, obviously they don't, they never do. That's why you take that strategy and have more to spend. Because if everybody hits at approximately the same rate, if you have twice the surplus of everybody else, you're going to restock your pipe with more than everyone else. I think with a second year head coach, a young quarterback that's still on a rookie contract. The nucleus we just kind of ran through. They're waiting for their breakthrough in the same way that the Chargers are. And that's why I would put them in that bucket. Of young contender? Yes. I think that's probably appropriate. What moves me off of win now is probably just that Mike McDaniel is in his second season and he's a very young coach. And they haven't committed the long-term deal yet to Tua. And there's still some pieces to learn there. And so 
I think young contenders probably appropriate here with some win now elements to what they're doing. If I could put them halfway in each bucket, I would. I think we feel the same tension. But I think there's there's more evidence that like there's no glass there's no glass wall to hit. You just have to potentially as you transition away from certain players, you're gonna pay the guys that are on rookie contracts right now. When Xavier Howard goes, you're gonna pay Javon Holland. When Tyreek Hill goes, you're going to pay Jalen Waddell. When Bradley Chubb goes, you're going to pay Jalen Phillips. And then it'll be your responsibility to probably spend more draft picks and go out and trade for more players. Right. But at that point, or, or use the guys the that are all rookie players. contract players get new deals, then I think you can kind of push them into a win-now exclusive window. All right. The Patriots? A weird team, huh? Weird team, Kyle. Weird last team. 25 years. I like to focus more on the last four. I feel like that's <laughs> – those are my Patriots. <laughs> All right, so we got a quarterback that is on a rookie deal that um, obviously there's some tension around that entire situation. I don't know that he has enough to work with on offense for him to put it all together this year. I like some of the pieces that they've got on defense now with Christian Gonzalez in the mix and Marte Mapu and Christian Barmore, Uche. Slander slander Keon White on his third day as a Keon Patriot. White, Patriot. He's a Patriot <laughs> player, man. It makes sense. I think they had a lot to prove, man. They haven't measured up. They haven't proven enough to me. So hear me out. When you win for 20 years, you get a lot of leash, right? This team feels like it's still in transition from Tom Brady. It sure is. After and you know and, and rightfully so. You know the the cat the shadow that he's cast in, in Foxborough and like as a Dolphins fan with Dan Marino, like I get that 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 shadow looms large and it will loom a long time until you definitively have play that consistently closes the door on that chapter of your organization. I think there's still a team in transition. The problem is they've been in transition for three years now, it feels like. Yeah. It's almost like the best thing for the New England Patriots is whenever Bill Belichick goes. And I think even Patriots fans are ready. I understand that, right? You need a, like a really different mindset. And I'm concerned. I'm concerned that I don't know enough about Gerard Mayo. If that's like their plan to just shift to him, how much Belichick is he or how, right. you know, like, don't don't do this. Don't do this. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, I hope you do. I hope you do do that. But I would want like a complete okay. Everything's new. Right. Foundationally, like, it's a, a new vision with a new view. We're not going to cling to what we've been in the past and try to find a way to bridge that. You've maximized that Belichick influence in unprecedented ways in the history of the NFL. Enjoy it. You'll you'll revel in it forever. But go somewhere else. <laughs> Do something different. There, I I think that they're team in transition. I, I just they are. It's just the weird, you know. That usually transitional windows don't. How much longer do you stay in in transition limbo before you become a directionless franchise? Which feels weird to say with Bill Belichick as the head coach. How many more wins does he need to get to Don Shula? Because that's got to be the only thing that's. It's keeping like him two seasons. It's like two seasons worth. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you tell you right now, Bill Belichick. Oh come on, I don't want just the regular season, you little plebes. This is what does Belichick care about regular season or both? Well, so all time wins record. Don Shula has three hundred and forty seven, and Bill Belichick has three hundred and twenty nine. So he's eighteen wins away. I mean, that might take him. That might take him three seasons, Kyle. It won't be one. So that's you know, is do you have another two years of this limbo? And if you do. I mean, even the draft class that they had. Did you have questions about the Patriots' defense? I mean, I did, but I had more questions about their offense. Right. And we didn't. Our first draft pick that we used on offense was Jake Andrews. I don't see a one hundred seven. Yeah, there's not. He's not going to be a starter for them. And then you and then you drafted two specialists. Right? Two you more traded up for Chad Ryland. <laughs> two more interior offensive linemen, and then Keishon Butte. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about this. They're gonna they're gonna pound the rock, you know that, and they do, they do have a coaching upgrade in Bill O'Brien, and maybe that maybe that's the easiest way to justify. Oh, it's a team in transition. It's an existing quarterback and an existing coach who made a significant coaching change, even though he's already been there before. Team in transition. Let's yep. lock him in. Jets win now. Yeah, they're win now. You gave up that for Aaron Rodgers. You're in win now, and, and there's make- there's pressure to win beyond the the market yeah. that you're into with the years that the hierarchy of the team has been there. Yep. Which is now, it's weird because their 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 core roster is pretty young, but right, it's win because, now because you're quarterback. And so I I think here's where you can differentiate win now for Cleveland versus win now for the Jets. If the Jets don't win now and they have to make a change. I don't think they drop all the way down to rebuilding. I million percent. Yes, million the Jets percent agree with that. Floor if things don't work out is higher because of how from a how far down on this tier maker board we would put them because of how young the rest of the nucleus of the roster is. Steelers. This one's tough, Kyle, because I, I kind of want to put them in young contender, but have they shown enough to to be there yet? Oh, you know what come I mean? on. They haven't had a losing season. I know. I think they're a young contender. Like, no problems? Like, just no hesitation, young contender for you? It's It's the most appropriate bucket that we have. I would agree with that. There's not pressure to win now because Tomlin has plenty of grace and he's been one of the best coaches in the NFL. You'd like to win now, but you don't you don't have to win or your job's not on the line. You've got a second year quarterback. You've got a young offensive nucleus. Felt like they did the transition thing when Roethlisberger retired, and now they, they put themselves back in the, the young contender. Part. So you saw you saw enough from Pickett in the floor of this operation last year in the transitional window to say, you know what, you're a young contender. Well, I just I just think because of the the floor of the team with Tomlin, it has less to do with Pickett other than the fact that Pickett's a second year quarterback. But I think the floor with Tomlin says, look, you, you are going to win like eight nine games, period. Correct. And you have a young quarterback, and you have a young nucleus that you've put around him from a skill player's perspective, and now you add Broderick. Jones to the mix, like, yeah, I think they're a young contender. Okay, I'll agree. 
which just leaves the Tennessee Titans. On one hand, they're clinging to this Tannehill-Henry situation, but there's also a piece of this where that's probably expired, and they're acknowledging that with some of the decisions that they've made here. Moving up for Will Levis. A lot of young players on that offense. Moving on for Taylor Luan, a really different-looking offensive line. No Ben Jones. I think because they haven't taken the plunge completely with Tannehill and Derrick Henry yet, they they should probably go in the team in transition bucket. But if we're being really honest about what they have to do, they would go in the rebuilding bucket. Right. But their actions thus far, I don't know, do the actions of the fact that they've drafted a quarterback on day two of each of the last two drafts and the reports of floating out Derrick Henry available via trade, does does that tell you more about their intent or is the fact that they haven't done it and they have spent money to try to bridge the gap and transition tell you more? We have to factor in that this is the first year under Rand Carthen as the GM, too. They just paid Simmons a bazillion dollars. They asked Kevin Byard to take a pay cut. They really did that, and they admitted to it openly. This might be the weirdest team on here. 100%. Because they got their toes in a couple couple of different buckets here. Right. If you could put them halfway in rebuilding and halfway in team and transition, you would. But they haven't committed to either. Might be the worst thing for them. Like, congrats on your seven wins. Right. So the question is, what have their intentions told us more of what they think that they are? What have their actions told us more of what they think that they are? I think that's that's the, the key of what we have to answer. I think it. I think they are declaring themselves as more of a team in transition than a rebuilding team. I would agree because... They, they they stuck and picked at 11, and then they moved up from 41 to get to 33. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that's the right, right lens to look at it through. Okay. So the AFC is done, and we have four bucketed long-term contenders. The Baltimore Ravens, the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Joe, Ravens do feel a little, just a little weird being in that bucket. I I agree, but they've, I mean, they've been in the postseason. If Lamar was healthy the last three years, like, maybe we'd look about it differently. Where do, you, where do you want to put them, though? I don't have a good answer for you. Do they qualify they, as a young contender? No, they, <laughs> they're a half-and-half half team, man. Right. We started with, like, the hardest conversation. Right. But you look at the young contenders in Jacksonville, the Chargers, the Dolphins, and the Steelers, they all have right. quarterbacks on rookie deals right now. They have kind of been like fringe playoff teams other than Jacksonville, who had a breakthrough to get them into that conversation. Uh, man, I wish I, I wish they'd have waited to get the Lamar contract done another two weeks so we could just put yeah. him in. <laughs> well, I think him, no, that's even transition. That's what tips the scales. They paid Lamar, right? 
right. Okay, then our win now teams, the teams with the most pressure to win and need to act accordingly, according to us and, and diagnosing their actions, are the Browns and the Jets. That feels right. <clears throat> the young contenders, as acknowledged, were the Jaguars, the Chargers, the Dolphins, and the Steelers. Feels right. The teams in transition are the Denver Broncos, the Indianapolis Colts, the New England Patriots, and the Tennessee Titans. And your your rebuilding franchises are the Texans and the Raiders. Congratulations to the AFC. Everyone, to some degree, has a vision. There are no directionless franchises on this side of the conference. Yet. Yet. Give it a year, baby. Give it a year. That is going to do it for this episode of Locked On NFL Scouting. Tomorrow is discussing fifth-year options, uh, ones that were not picked up, what went wrong with those. And then Thursday, we will do this same exercise for the NFC, based off of the draft classes, the off-seasons, putting that conference in buckets and declaring how they view themselves and how we should be viewing them and their moves throughout the course of the rest of the offseason and the 2023 NFL season. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. Special shout-out to our everydayers who keep it locked in here on the Locked On Network. Your team's every day here on Locked On NFL Scouting. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Make it a great rest of your day. We'll be back to talk to you all again tomorrow. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.